0: Sunday everybody and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at The Dan
1: Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show and I know you do give us that five-star review. And as always we talk judging and MMA so learn the criteria by heading over to abcboxing.com to read
0: it. Dan I think we probably owed it to our listeners who had to wait so long for us to finally say something about last week's UFC show with that very divisive uh, main event. It, we owed it to them. So on this Super Bowl Sunday we had to put out the show before as soon the, as we could. Yeah, before the Super Bowl too. Before the Super Bowl indeed. And we gave our predictions too. So now you guys know I mean when you're when you're you know in your kitchens and you're preparing all your uh, all your snacks for your Super Bowl party and and all that stuff firing up uh, well, many hot dogs and things like that. You can listen to us. You're up. You already are. So I, I know that's what you're doing. That's
1: what I mean. Yeah, all your Super Bowl treats. Listen to us while you eat them.
0: Eat a pig in a blanket from me. Dedicated to me.
1: That sounds good. I'm gonna make pigs in a blanket. You should for the game.
0: That's good. I like that. I mm-hmm. will be working for the game, so I don't. Know. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how much fun it's gonna be for me. No, I'm not
1: saying you're giving it to me. I understand what you're doing. Sports writer. I mean, I would I would think you're working on the biggest sports
0: day of the year. Yeah, but I'm not writing. I'm I'm doing or editing. My, I'm doing my editing or... and and headlines and all that other stuff. And th- yeah, all 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 sports related stuff. I'm actually curious uh, what Super Bowl Sunday is like at the New York Post because last year I did not work it. I was able to switch uh, because it was my wife's birthday. Oh. Um, and because nobody was going to parties, it was actually feasible to do. This year it was not, and it was not on my wife's birthday, so I didn't care.
1: You should just say you your wife was born on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> no matter what day. We on. always observe it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sorry, I, it's it's a religious thing.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but you're not here for Super Bowl Sunday. Realistically, we're here for what happened last night. UFC 271 in Houston with uh, I I I guess it was. A night where at least the right people definitely won, right?
1: Yes, the right people won in uh, some of the wrong ways.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, we'll 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 get to that, I guess. Before we get to the actual judging and stuff, because there is certainly quite a few rounds that we need to go over, as you'd expect coming from a, a Houston-based event. Yeah, let's talk about this headliner, this this main event that went the way of Israel Adesanya, uh, with two scores: forty-eight, forty-seven, and one forty-nine, forty-six. Uh, again, we'll get to the scoring later, but just your thoughts on the fight in general, Dan. What did you think of it? Was it did it meet your expectations? What what were you thinking? Yeah, I was. I really expected Adesani
1: to finish him. Uh, I did expect Whitaker to not get finished as soon, but uh, he he made it all the way through. I was kind of nervous because he did. He seemed pretty bummed out after first round. I was like, oh, it's all over now. I mean, he's just gonna just a moment, uh, just waiting to be finished.
0: Yeah, he had he had some mental toughness there. He was he fine. eventually did.
1: But before then, he was he was not too happy. He's like, oh, he's well, that's hurting fine. my leg. Hey, that happens. Oh no! And then you know, I'm glad he found some success to you know to make it interesting.
0: So. Sure, yeah, and I mean, not only interesting, he actually won rounds four and five on the judges' scorecards, which again, we'll get to that later. But mm-hmm. just referencing there, um, I would say though, this kind of played out more or less the way I thought it would. I I said on our show, I thought it would go to a decision. I thought Otto it would win it. I thought it would be you know maybe competitive but but clear for him and i think that's pretty much uh what played out. So what i'm saying is i'm the smartest man alive. <laughs> now i actually you know a lot of times i get these wrong but i i felt really good about this one for some reason. I don't know why. It just it it seemed like the way it was going to happen. I'm not saying i thought it would go exactly this way, but there certainly was a a, a pace to it. It was measured and look at Asanya, he's not necessarily going to try and make you do he's there's similarities with him and Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva didn't make things happen. He still wanted you to come to him. And if you didn't, it wasn't always the most interesting fight.
1: It There was times where Anderson could make things
0: happen if he wanted to. I he mean, could. He could. I, I, I think Anderson Griffin, Silva is still a better fighter than Israel Asanya Prime vs. Prime.
1: The, but. the Forrest Griffin fight, he, he made that whole fight happen. I, he did whatever he wanted.
0: Yeah, but Forrest, you know, Forrest isn't going to hang back and do that forever. I mean, he certainly came at him. Stephanie, he won with a stepping back jab. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> but it, it was like it was kind of weird because there's always that
1: first, at least prime Anderson. Once people knew about him, mm-hmm. it was I'm gonna just chill for the first minute, and then uh, once like that first minute, first minute and a half were over, he start moving and get really in his groove, and he start getting in your face, and you're <sighs> like, oh boy, here
0: it's go- it's gonna happen now. Sometimes it took longer than that. It, I, he did take he. It, I will say it's been a very long time since I've watched this fight, but in my head, I picture the fight that he had with Vitor Belfort, the one with the front kick of course everyone mm-hmm. remembers the front kick mm-hmm. but i remember that one being like basically a staring contest for like a good like three three and a half minutes and all of a sudden that happened it was over I,
1: I agree is that right yeah, that's not that, that, right that, that's what happened okay yeah, yeah.
0: I, I should go back and watch that actually i mean we all see the highlights. Well, vitor... that's all that's all you need to watch but i'm actually kind of i just kind of want to remember like what did that look like what was the anderson silva experience like
1: well yeah trt vitor uh was a scary
0: guy he was and he hit hard so mm-hmm. and he's back T R T tour is back. Yes, he <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> now he's in a new sport. Um, but yeah, again, this this more or less went the way I thought it would, and and now Adesanya has two. Um, I guess you could call this a convincing win. I think it was convincing. It wasn't. I I think he proved more. You know, once again that he is definitely better than Robert Whittaker, even if it was competitive and not a blowout. Yeah, I, I think that he definitely won. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does look like we now have a very clear next challenger for him in Jared Cannonier that he got the win over uh, Derek Brunson came back after looking like he was in a lot of trouble at the end of round one. Yeah. Uh, had a really strong round two where he kind of, he, he definitely hurt Brunson early. Uh, do you remember what the punch was? Yeah, it was a,
1: a hook off a break. Uh, of a grappling exchange and after that he was just like he was the, he was a
0: different fighter his speed was zapped by like 75 yeah. percent yeah he was not he was not in there anymore and can i don't think he wasn't like pressing he was being patient but he was definitely still you know putting it on him tag tagging him here and there well and yeah tagging.
1: well he saw i mean all these shots were coming from like sure. a mile away and he's like oh, i'm just gonna punch you in the face till you, you can't stand anymore
0: it was a it was a patient performance from him too because he really could have pressed and and maybe even gotten himself in more trouble again but he yeah. did the right that was an impressive um uh way to handle that situation by canon here so yeah it looks like he would be next i can't imagine off of that type of win he's gonna get denied when realistically he's the one that made most sense anyway or the winner of this fight made the most sense anyway so um and if, if you listen to
1: sean sheehan just canceled the division uh, yeah he,
0: he <laughs> <laughs> sean does not like middleweight uh <laughs> You know what? What if we scrapped middleweight and just turned it into one ninety five Franklin weight?
1: Frank, I mean, there was a whole uh, Franklin weight, yeah, because he kind of got snubbed at middleweight on that Mount Rushmore thing, Fr- Rich Franklin. He
0: did, but at the same time, I actually liked what Flying Fly Brian J did, which was just replaced all the heads with Anderson Silva heads. Which <laughs> that's just, the thing to do. E- yeah, like honestly, <laughs> I I actually understand why you should definitely put. Israel Asanya there. I think he is by now, especially after tonight. This was mm-hmm. before tonight, but it, but now we have this in our minds too. I think he is very definitively the number two middleweight in UFC history. I think it's very clear, and I don't think there's much of a, an argument for anyone else to be even close to that. So it's him, and then again, miles ahead of him is Anderson Silva. He's got a lot of work to do to pass that legacy. He's got
1: some work to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anderson no was still
0: finishing guys at this point where Izzy is now. Yeah, so. and again, prime for prime, Anderson Silva is the better fighter. Yeah, he just is. Um, I mean, we we saw them fight a couple of years ago. Granted, it was it was a weird situation. Uh, they were kind of thrust in the main event and that kind of thing. But it was it was a competitive fight. Adesanya won it. But this is on a, a very very um, aged Anderson Silva. And yeah, probably Adesanya might have been a little bit more tepid than than he might have been. You never know, but. Yeah, I, I think prime for prime, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Anderson Silva had had the most skill, uh, the most finishing ability. He was just a better fighter. Yep. Yeah. Um, not that that's ever going to happen anyway. But uh, the question I had before we move on from uh, the middleweight title picture is: Can Jared Cannoneer beat Isreal Asana? No. Just flat no.
1: Well, I mean, he has power. So anyone with power has a puncher's chance. But outside
0: of that, absolutely not. Do you think he's a better? striker than let's say paulo costa and i don't mean like with more power but like an actually like skilled striker in order to be able to get his offense going if paulo fought adesanya the way
1: paulo normally fights with a crazy pace Mm -hmm. at least for the first however long he can go
0: but that's hard to do when you got five uh, rounds potentially yeah
1: if he actually fought like that maybe as a shot maybe i think cannon now like tonight he was more calculated would, he, he wouldn't just go in reckless abandon. So I, I would say Cannoneer is probably a little bit better.
0: I think Cannoneer can, can make a better fight than uh, what we got from, yeah, let's say Paul Acosta. I think it would be more competitive. But, I, yeah, I I do think he's the type of guy who actually will give out a sign to some chances to finish the fight, which he wasn't able to do tonight with uh, Robert Whitaker. So, yeah, I don't think he win either. But uh, it's mildly interesting. <laughs> as far I, I, as as far as remaining out of Sonya fights go, it's the best they can do for the division. Or just cancel the division. Yeah, maybe maybe Sean's right. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is he go up to two
1: hundred five and and make a real run at that.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe that could be coming. I don't know. I mean, he, he said he wants rematches, right? He does. Well, he, he's, it sounds like he's open rematches or expecting oh, okay. them or whatever. I I would have to think that his next fight is probably good. Let's you know, it's gonna be canon here. but then after that. I would say if Sean Strickland gets a win over somebody in his next fight, that makes a lot of sense. It, it, I still don't think Sean Strickland is going to offer too much of a challenge, but it, it would actually make sense at least to, to get him there once he gets one more under his belt. Mm. And after that, I mean, there's you know some guys coming up. Uh, Andre Muniz is coming up. I'm interested in him. He's fighting. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember who he's fighting, actually. It's, it's escaping me. Um, I know Nasruddin Imovov is okay. fighting. Um, who is he fighting? I'm, I'm just trying to think of guys that are kind of unlike that, you know, fringe of the top 15 kind of
1: kevin holland's staying at 170 right? yeah, he's 170 yeah um
0: I when i, mean, I did... he's, he's not up there anyway but no when i did speak to israel uh the other day i i asked him like you know are you thinking about anybody beyond kind of the, the top 10 or whatever he's like i haven't really looked at anybody after uh sean strickland so he's not really even paying attention to anybody else
1: yeah but he wants to fight in june so yeah he has a date in mind make it happen makes it possible for four times
0: this year That's what he said he wants. He told me that. All of them should want that. (laughs) Uh, If he becomes the first UFC fighter to defend his belt four times in a year, does he become like your new guy? Well, he's almost my guy anyway. Is that right? I like his personality. I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't know that you liked him that much. So, well, he's of the guys of this. No, I get it. I, I understand. It's you know they're not Casey too... O'Neill. Now that's
1: that. That's one I can become a big fan of. After tonight, yelling at the crowd like that, I love a good heel.
0: Hi, right, laddie. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on though from middleweight. We've got a little bit to talk about before we get into these contested rounds. We've got uh, the heavyweight co-main event with Tai Tuivasa getting the big win after a, a tough first round. Uh, Derek Lewis gave him hell, and he kept going. He, he... you eat Fearless those dude. shots, yeah, mm. man. What a big hard head he's got. He really put Derek yeah. Lewis down, too. A L- little disappointed we didn't get a cuppy. I'm very, very ecstatic <laughs> that we didn't get a cuppy. I mean, my God. I, I, was on a, um, I was on a Twitter Spaces this week with Tajik Bay, and they were, he, he was setting up a question for me, and I was on mute. And he's talking about the cuppy, and I'm like, God, am I going to have to answer a question about this? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Tajik Bay for having me on the show, by the way. But no... um. It was, it was definitely something I didn't want to see. Oh, I wanted to see it. No, no, no. Not at all. So I'm glad it didn't did but...
1: They even cut away from the original Shoei.
0: Yeah, that was lame. Like, well, why? That's be... the whole thing about this guy. Oh, why? It's because it adds way too much personality uh, oh. for the UFC's taste. So, it would be much better if they were all just amorphous people who, like, hit each other. So like, you ever, you ever seen those videos of, like, video games with, that are all, all the uh, resolutions turned down? Like, they call potato mode. Yes, I okay. did. Okay, you, you remember, Okay, yeah. so I think what UFC would like is for everyone to be potato mode and just hit each other, but you wouldn't know who they were.
1: Well, yeah, and that, that's how they keep it. You know, UFC number this, UFC
0: number that. Correct. There's no fighter promotion. Now you understand. So it. yeah, but that's why that's why we cut away from the Jewy. just just to make that clear. But yeah, I mean, what does this do for?
1: What Tite if it two? was a Modelo? What if drink some Modelo out of someone? Or Howlerhead?
0: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> then Dana gets a cut.
1: Yeah, then no, Tai Tui doesn't make it to the post-fight interview. I don't know. I bet he could take it. Shoe full of whiskey? I feel like
0: if someone's going to take it, it's Ty To Ivasa. All right. Uh, Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Um, But no, seriously, this is a big win for him. This is a huge win. It actually is- Very big. I don't know that he just jumps into where- Derek Lewis was. I think he was like number three in the UFC's rankings. I don't know if it's quite that high. I feel like it's gotta be somewhere around like the four or five range. So he's he's I think he's probably top five now for sure. Um but I mean the middle eight or excuse me, the heavyweight title picture is just it's such a cluster right now. It's hard to really say like how close is he to the title because who knows what's going on with said title with you know Francis Ngannou's knee and his, his contract situation and then John Jones and obviously you can't put Cyril Gann in there again, but there's also Stipe. So it's such a mess. I just named four guys and there's there's definitely at least somebody who's ranked ahead because John's not in the rankings, but um it's a weird situation. But what do you want to see Taitu Ivasa do next? I guess that's the best question I can ask you.
1: Well, according to Anik, he'll be number three next to his name. Well, I mean, Supposedly. Anik can say that, but the UFC I know, rankings I know are, are handled
0: right. by a crack team of uh, media panelists whose uh, identities are unknown. And most of which at this point, I don't think even anyone's really heard of anymore. Again, I used, I used to be on the panel right. a long time ago. I left a long time ago. But
1: didn't didn't something leak that they're guided to push based on a result? Oh, where they're going to end up. Do, so.
0: do you do you need me to actually set the record straight on that? Because I actually yeah. can. Yeah. Okay. So what happens with that is the UFC, when I was on the panel, and again, I left now, we're talking about probably four, four and a half years ago I left. I can't remember how long ago it was. Um, But when I was still on the panel later on, they didn't do this right away, but later on they started sending out. Uh, Like a PDF. And it was really just kind of a a primer for panelists of the rankings. And this PDF had on each page, it was like a matchup that said like, okay, Adesanya is fighting against Robert Whitaker. And it would show key things like, you know, wins over ranked competition, uh, performance of the last few fights, that kind of thing. There would be a little summary written up for each one. And it would kind of explain like... If let's let's say for example you were not an avid watcher of the UFC, which one would think you should be if you were on the UFC rankings yeah. panel, but like <laughs> being realistic here, I think we understand that that is not entirely the case. Uh, sorry to say, but that is true. Um, it's more meant to, as a way—the way I read it, anyway—is as again someone who kind of I looked at these, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Moving on. I never really used it as like to tell me what to do. I have my own opinions, uh, and I'm perfectly fine following through on them but i took it as more of like a a consideration like this could be what you could do now are they hoping you'd do that maybe they are i don't know who's offering thing these excuse me authoring these but i don't think i think it was a little blown out of proportion and twisted which i mean that doesn't sound like mma twitter but um (laughs) this That's how I had taken it, but having said that, the, the UFC rankings panel is, it, at, especially in its current state, is is flaming hot trash. It's so stupid. That's I hate referring to the UFC ranks. I hate it, but like sometimes you just need to because that's what people understand. Yeah, you know what rankings I like? I like what Fight Matrix does. It's just yeah, a totally okay. n- number-based automated thing, and it's not like you take it as gospel. But what's really cool about it is the fact that it will mix fighters from like every single promotion out there, so yeah. you at least kind of and you can ballpark like you know again, just because someone says, yeah, you know, let's say for example, they say Antonio McKee is the number one featherweight in the world. I totally and wholeheartedly disagree, but you know what and and I don't think that's what they're saying I'm just no, like throwing, it's not. I'm just ballparking yeah. you know just hypothetical for you um. But at the very least, they're putting fighters out there from other promotions and say, like, look, this is somebody who's actually done some things. They've beaten some fighters who have accomplished things against other fighters. Um, keep that in mind. It's not, these are not guys you should um, sleep on, for example, you know?
1: Yeah, the only thing I don't, I don't like about Fight Matrix is if a guy fights in a different weight class than he normally does, they, they, he, they take they him out of that weight class. They don't always.
0: They, they're kind of weird so, with it. It's, so. it's a little funny, but, you know, I understand what you're saying. But then, but then there's also... Um, MMA Fighting started coming out with monthly um, rankings that their panel of um, media members do, and I really like theirs as well. Okay, I'm hopeful that at some point uh, the MMAJA will get rankings off the ground, but it sounds like we're still kind of far off from that. So we'll see. All right. But, yeah, so that's my little tangent about the UFC um, rankings panel and, and that whole thing about, like, we're telling you what to do. It's really not that. Yeah. Um, unless you're dumb, which a lot of them are. <laughs> So, but anyway, back to Ty. Ty, Ty Tuivasa. I'd like to see him. I guess him versus Gon
1: is the next fight because I want Jones and That Chay actually makes a fight. lot of sense.
0: That's actually a very sensible fight and one that I expect Gon to win.
1: Yeah, I would think so
0: at this point. I mean,
1: although Tuivasa showed a little bit of wrestling tonight, sure. So maybe that's all he needs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who knows? You might be right. <laughs> well, I, I imagine between now and the next time we see Cyril Gann, he will be. Uh, Working that take down defense (laughs) and wrestling and hopefully uh, improving on something that was clearly a deficit when he was getting taken Mm -hmm. down by Francis Ngannou, who no offense to Francis Ngannou. He showed a well-rounded skill set there. It still was not a very impressive uh, level of wrestling. It just kind of looked like when, let's say when you and I used to wrestle in the gym, Mm. uh, neither of us had wrestled past, like, well, I stopped in maybe kindergarten or first grade i never wrestled there you go so i had more so, than you to be fair yeah. just to start with but yeah uh it had been you know it's weird years. i was
1: allowed to play football but i couldn't wrestle it's really weird why i wasn't allowed was like, You're, for like, your parents yeah oh like i could play football crack my head all in and out but
0: well at least you had the sense to get out of the way of greg olson right that's true, that's true. why don't you re- <laughs> share, share that brief anecdote oh right that
1: back. was that was peewee football he he Lived in the town next to us. In Greg
0: that. Olson, the the former tight end of the Carolina, my Carolina Panthers, uh, who grew uh, up yeah. around this area. So uh, we're the same age. Uh, Pee wee football, and for
1: some reason, I was always a lineman. But on kickoff return, they put me on the second row. And as you know, kids don't uh kick the ball very far. Nope. And it came right at me, and I look up and I see this monster running at me. I was like, Yeah, I'm not picking that up. Smart. I'm not gonna. I'm
0: not going anywhere near that ball. You made a wise call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although maybe you could have been the one who altered his entire career trajectory and made him not go to the pros and maybe you would have gone to the pros. Doubtful. A doubtful, but I mean at this point now you just always have to play the whatever. Have game. you have you ever seen a 5 foot 7 lineman? I have. <laughs> you have. Yeah, in pee wee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he went onto the NFL. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I made that up too. <laughs> but uh yeah, before we get into the contested rounds themselves, uh, this this event once again took place in Houston, uh in the state of Texas, regulated by the um Texas uh regulators. And uh my my question for you is this, Dan. Why is Texas dumb? Why do they do dumb things? Like and and I guess I should probably elaborate for anyone who may not know exactly what I mean, but I, I bet a lot of you do. They do All these goofy things like, hey, we could bring in literally any judge or ref that we want to in the whole world. And granted, we'll bring in, you know, Herb Dean. We'll bring in Mike Beltran. Very good ref. Uh, We'll bring in Dan Mergliata. And then why don't we have two of those three also judge? And also, why don't we put Mike Beltran uh, as a judge who um, capable official, but also highly inexperienced as a as an, you know, MMA judge at the elite level in UFC fights and that kind of thing. Why don't we put him on the title fight? While Sal D'Amato is sitting Sal D'Amato did not officiate the final two fights at UFC two hundred seventy one. You bring in the top judge along with Doug Crosby. And that was it. Everybody else was either local officials or referees and just about every one of them reffed about at one point or another.
1: I I Carrie Hatley and
0: Kerry Hatley did both.
1: Yeah, he he did do both.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Kerry Hatley, uh, John John uh, says uh, during the Cannonier fight that his final assignment of the night was refereeing that, and I'm like, well, he's actually judging the next fight too. So there's that. Oh, it's like
1: uh, for these big events, it's unlimited budget. Really, it's like just the the UFC will give you whatever money you
0: need to pay these officials. It's their money. You're it's, it's just you're just handling it. So why is it? that Texas just can't be like, why don't we just bring in the best officials? Because I mean the only thing that makes sense to me, this is and this is my theory. This is not based on something that someone has told me. I didn't get this from regulators or officials or anybody. But this is just the thing that if I'm lodging it out, logicking this out, it makes sense. All Texas really is interested in is making sure they get their guys paid. It's what
1: it feels like, real. Maybe
0: a little bit maybe you could argue that, oh no, it's to give them good experience and that kind of thing. Okay, fine, sure. But also it seems like it's really just geared at getting their own guys paid. And on some level, there's nobility to that. But then by that same token, there's negligence in there because you're not bringing in the best officials for the best fights and the best fighters. And and, and realistically, that is negligent to your role in trying to make in, in my opinion, I suppose, uh, to make sure that we have the best of the best working the best of the best and making sure that the results are going to be uh, as best as they could be. Otherwise, what's the point? I just don't get it. I mean, it, it I understand. Okay,
1: me. I understand Kerry Hatley. He's been around forever. He's one of their
0: guys. They're He's definitely put, one they're of their guys.
1: They're, they're going to put him on, make make him and around my understanding, for the whole night.
0: My understanding of Kerry Hatley is that. He is a very well liked uh, man by anybody who knows him. It seems like he's, he's a super nice guy from everybody. Who, uh, I have no interactions with him whatsoever, but I've heard secondhand that he's just a, just a swell guy. But but make him a ref. Just why is he? Yeah, why is just he officiating? Just a ref. Why? And, and look, if you want to say okay, we put him on the co-main event of the he, you know, the heavyweight fight that everyone thought would be finished fine, uh, finished early. Okay, I guess I could get that. You're kind of stashing him in somewhere that it's like, well, he probably won't be needed anyway. And um, you know a good. Regulator, I think probably would give some thought to that, but also um, things happen in MMA and also there's no way that Texas said that there's just no way there isn't there's not a, not a prayer <laughs> um, and then the, the the sheer fact that we always get these uh, officials who at one point or another were always like t- every time we go to Houston, especially because Houston has its own local judges that are not going to work in, let's say Dallas Fort Worth or Austin or san antonio they're basically just houston uh and humble texas which is essentially a houston suburb my cousin used to live there um we're stuck with that we get one of these oddball decisions every houston event that makes no sense if we're lucky we only get one uh this time uh we got it depends how two. you feel about it two yeah i think two is probably fair i don't think three i think two
1: two I feel pretty strongly about another one.
0: Okay, well, yeah, and we'll we'll wrap this up in just a moment and get there, but yeah, the bottom line is this. It just, I don't understand why at the UFC level that's what we're doing for these pay-per-views. The UFC obviously doesn't care uh, about making sure they get good officials in there. UFC, when I say that, I don't mean Mark Ratner. I think Mark Ratner probably cares uh, a metric ton, but Mark Ratner is not the one who decides, hey, let's go to Houston and get these uh, fights in. They... The UFC brass love going to Toyota center for whatever reason. I don't know why they won't just go to a different place in Texas for once. If you want to go to Texas, fine, but try a different metropolitan area with some different judges, please. I'm begging you. Yeah. Give it a shot. Oh God. All right. There's my little rant. (laughs) Let's get into contested rounds, man. Let's go. We got, what do we got? Eight of them. Got eight. Eight out of 30. A lot of rounds, a lot of fights. It was 14 fights. Fight,
1: um, there. we and we lost a fight too. We did lose one fight, yeah. yeah,
0: because uh, Alex Perez has not figured out that he is just a mammoth of a flyweight and really ought to be a pantomweight. <laughs> one day he'll f- the, figure the, it the out. People
1: are saying this fight is similar to Khabib Tony, but with like kind of lesser competition, really.
0: Oh, are you talking about Alex Perez and uh, and Matt Chanel? Yeah, oh, okay,
1: because it's been scheduled a couple times and just never really. So it's
0: kind of like that, except without like any anticipation from, right, from yeah. the greater MMA community. Right, Got yeah. it. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm there with you now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But contested rounds, though, we are going to start with that title fight, Adesanya and Robert Whitaker, because I think we all agree the right man won, and I think we all can probably agree that the scores of 48-47 twice and 49-46 seem like reasonable scores for the fight we watched. Just yeah, let, Let's just say it at first glance. I think 48-47 is the right score. I I mean I disagree. I I had 46 But uh what what is interesting here is we we referenced Judge uh, Mike Beltran here, and I say judge instead of referee because he was the judge here. Uh Mike Beltran was the out judge three out of five rounds here. Not always the greatest thing. That doesn't mean he's wrong. So let's kind of go into each of these rounds and kind of figure out where we stand uh in terms of how Mike Beltran scored. Well, everybody scored these rounds. It was also Jacob Montalvo and Doug Crosby uh, were signed to this fight as well. So round two is our first one. Dan, what happens in round two?
1: Uh, Close round. Whitaker really didn't. He he got beat pretty solidly in round one.
0: Round two is a different story. Definitely coming off a bad first round, yeah.
1: Round two is a different story. He's actually landing some more strikes, uh, but nothing's really all that impactful. He's mostly jabs. Uh, It lands a decent shot, but even... You know when he gets to take down those punches don't appear too strong. You know when he's stuck against the cage mm. and he's punching him in the face, it seemed kind of like pitter patter. I thought Adesanya landed some really strong light kicks, good punches to the head. Um, there's a point where the commentary touts uh, uh, Whitaker's right hand or or, or a hook. Mm. Meanwhile, he's eating a, a pretty solid uppercut from Adesanya that they ignore. So and I, you
0: don't usually see them trying to be ignoring uh, Israel Adesanya too. Yeah. That's that's kind of the funny thing.
1: Uh, I think it's close, but uh, I'm on Adesanya ten nine.
0: It's a it's a close round, 100. Um, watching this round, I, I this was the round that I would say through. Let's say through the first like couple rounds. When well, anyway, I say couple, I guess I really mean three. Uh, for the first three rounds, I thought this was the round that was very much uh, close to toss up range. Um, that it was like, oh yeah, I totally can understand why it would be a Whitaker round. I did score this one for Adesanya just as you did. So it was, I was the same as again, Jacob Matalvo and Doug Crosby. They're the, they're the ones who are always in the majority for these, uh, the rounds for this fight that we're talking about. So I don't really need to identify them other than, uh, right now I think we're good, but yeah, I, I think Mike Beltran to give this one to Robert Whitaker totally makes sense. I think a lot of people thought that round two could have gone that way, so I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, fine. it's totally gonna, fine. You're not going to. It's a defensible score. Yeah. That's all it really yeah. needs to be is a defensible score. So I think it meets that bottom line, but it's probably even a little more than just like, yeah, I guess it could be defended. It's fine. <laughs> totally fine. Um, round three was another Adesanya round. Close round two, though, but I, I think it also was uh, Adesanya anyway. Round four. Now here's where we get into the point where I think things starting to tighten even more. I thought this round was pretty clear. You do. Yeah, for, uh, for Whitaker. Okay, let's hear it.
1: Uh, it's close because neither guy's really landing all that much. Mm-hmm. Adesanya, I think he has one solid land the entire round. It's a light kick around 145 left in the the round. Other than that, it's Whitaker landing, punches at head and kind of snapping the head back a little bit. He has the back for a bit, looking for the choke. Really nothing too close there, but...
0: Yeah, I don't think you score that too much.
1: Adesanya, he's throwing a lot. Pardon and, me, yawning.
0: <laughs> it's late. It is late. It is late.
1: Uh, Adesanya's throwing a lot, but he's also missing a lot. So, I I don't think he landed all that much anything solid anyway except for that light
0: kick. I imagine when you check the numbers no. neither one of them has landed a whole lot in this round No, the, the, it's, I it's, I think it's, it's pretty tight.
1: It's low it's a low output, but I think I think when you when you break it down Whitaker's the one that's landing the impact. I think it's it's pretty clear. There.
0: I I I disagree with clear. I think this is a pretty close round. I really do. Um I can totally see why you would go the way of Whitaker. I think it's probably it's probably even closer realistically than what I thought while I'm watching the round. But like now that you kind of have time to like look back at it a little bit, and I didn't watch it again. But I did in my head. You you watched it twice. Yeah. When okay. you told
1: me you were coming over, so I was like, oh, I'll get some notes on the on the round.
0: So and you know? had more time because I got stuck in traffic. They were mm-hmm. doing road work. So, oh. um, yeah, I. I, I think it's perfectly fine. Especially think about what you're watching live, you know? You have to think about kind right, of when you're watching yeah, it live so.
1: I was trying to I was trying to get notes to, to you know to kind of confirm what I was watching. Sure. Okay, okay, so, I got you.
0: Yeah, no, I thought was this was a reasonably close round. I did see it the same way as Mike Beltran, though. So um you you were in the majority with uh the Whitaker uh team, Team Whitaker, Montalvo and Crosby. I, I will say this. Live I said this is the closest round of the fight. Okay. So well, then there Take you go. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, round five, though. I mean, we're split here, so it is what it is. But round five, what happens here? Yeah, I also think this is pretty clear. This one I actually think is is the most clear of the rounds that were up for debate.
1: Any uh, Adesanya's not really letting anything, all that much of substance. You know, No. He, uh, Whitaker gets that big strike off the break from the grappling exchange. Uh some of the, the strikes early in the round are snapping out of head back. There, you know, there's straights and rights, uh straights and jabs. I think it's rather clear outside of uh round one, Izzy's fight doesn't change. He has the same exact like they're kind of identical, rounds two through five. It's just what did Whitaker do differently?
0: Yeah, that's probably that fair.
1: changes mm-hmm. how it goes. Izzy's just stalking, lands some light kicks, throw some punches. But uh I think this one is pretty clear for Whitaker. Round five.
0: I I think it's pretty close but clear because then we're still talking about kind of lower output when it really gets the whole, down. To yeah, it. the whole
1: the whole fight. Like I said, yeah, it's just depending what Whitaker's you know
0: response. Is, yeah. So. But that's I I stay away from clear because I don't think it's like crazy clear just because again you don't have a lot of output and I think there's enough being landed one way or the other that like okay you know let's say let's say maybe you're sitting in a seat that has just a little bit of a different view or maybe uh has a little bit of uh, a different perspective on how well a punch landed you know what I mean it I think it changes yeah I think it's reasonably close enough that you can get away from clear there because it's low output um so that's why this one I still can understand why Judge Beltran could end up to Adesanya for one reason or another. Um, I think it's a bit of a stretch. I think it's a bit of a stretch, but he's got a different perspective than we do. You know, he's sitting in a different seat. You know that. Yeah. So, again, low output. Anytime you got low output, it makes it a problem. And especially when it's the, you know, the the, the striking output is even similar on each side. I don't know what. Was being landed, or or even the numbers of uh, I think are numbers thrown, at least in but...
1: round four, the numbers have to
0: be off whatever they put up on the screen. This this was it felt just... like felt like Adesanya missed a lot. Yeah, I would I would probably believe it. Sure, absolutely. Um, but he also makes a lot of things miss on purpose. Oh, no. I mean, things coming. Oh, but I'm no. not saying he's oh, throwing yeah. a punch in order to yeah. miss. That's, you know, I mean, maybe he does for a feint, but that's not what I was saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, after this conversation, look, I had 49-46. I had the first four rounds for Asanya. But I think we've all said that there are at least some worlds in which you could understand and defend scores for, our, you know, one man or the other in these three rounds, right? hmm Which means if you were out there, and you had rounds two, four, and five for Robert Whitaker, and maybe even round three. I still don't think so, but maybe in round three it was a little bit of a close round. You can see how you could get to a score that gives Robert Whitaker the victory. But do you really think that Robert Whitaker won that fight? That's another question I would have. No, no. So I think what happened here is that the uh, the better score in, in most of these rounds. Is Adesanya. Adesanya wins the fight, and the to- and and we did. Unfor- we did fortunately get that. So even though we had one judge who was on the in the minority on three different rounds, I still think he ended up at a very defensible score. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, I think so? it's fine. Uh, still shouldn't have been judging. Just let him ref. That's my. T- uh, he's he's
1: a referee. Let him ref the referee. And you got Sal D'Amato in the back. Let him
0: do the title fight. And Mike Beltran has judged before, you know. Maybe, uh, maybe just not at the UFC title fight level, like right now. He j- he doesn't have the reps, really. That's what it so. is. It's it's the reps. It's really what it is. He, he's got tons and tons and tons of refereeing reps. Would we want you know an, a less experienced referee to get the title fight assignment? No. I don't see why we would look at it that way for judges. I don't think judging is not the same as refing. Refing is not the same as judging. And I think a lot of commissions see uh, that one official who can referee can also judge. And I don't think that's true. I think that's disrespecting the craft.
1: Well, it's good to be able to do both. Sure, but at this point, you've you've basically chosen
0: which path you want to go. I mean, in in a
1: pinch, in a pinch, if you're needed. There, Fine.
0: I will say that Fine. one clear exception to that rule is uh, Brian Minor. I think he is a terrific referee and a terrific judge. But do you want him to do both on the same in night? In the same night, I do not. I don't think that's ideal. He's done that. He does it at Bell- Bellator. will do that. That's something I kind of expect when they're in Uncasville um, or let's say they're overseas or something like that. and, and uh we have the same. <laughs> we essentially have Bellator running the commission.
1: Yeah, they said, "Hey, Mike, we want you to judge this event." Like, okay, I'll judge it. Yeah, just... just don't worry about refing. Just you're just judging.
0: Well, I, I I get the sense that they're pretty much just told, "Yeah, you can do that." <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, oh. all right, yeah. But anyway, that's that's it for that fight. We do we still have to get through quite a few rounds still. Um, so let's move on to, and I think this this probably was the one that this is the biggest eyesore. I think score. Of the uh, of the entire night, even though we did get the right winner here, Casey O'Neill, Um sending Roxanne Mataferi into retirement uh, with it. What everyone and and I really mean, like everyone thought that this was a very clear Casey O'Neill victory.
1: A clear 30-27. Clear thirty
0: twenty seven. I uh, we're talking about twenty nine twenty eight twice for Casey O'Neill and twenty nine twenty eight for Roxanne Mataferi. So what we actually have here. Is one round that's unanimous for Roxanne on a ferry, and one round that's unanimous for Casey O'Neill. Round three ended up being unanimous for Roxanne on a ferry. Uh, we'll get to that one. Well, let's start with the split round at least. Uh, let's, and that was round one. This was this was actually the round that truly decided the winner. Uh, amazingly in this fight. So Dan, what happens in round one?
1: This is the only round I can wrap my head around Roxanne winning. I still don't think it's a good score for her to be winning. Okay. But I
0: can understand
1: it somewhat. I mean, she comes out, guns blazing, looking good for like the first 45 seconds. Sure, yeah. O'Neill's answering every, every shot. The thing that really helps Roxanne's case in this one is her eye, Casey's eye is uh, starting to bruise and swell. So there's some good damage on her face. Yeah. So, beh- you know, besides, you know, that, I think O'Neill's landing the better strikes. It's not showing as. As good on Mataferia, as it is on O'Neill, and
0: exceptionally more often, many
1: more of them. I th- I think Casey O'Neill's the right score here, but I can understand if you say, "Oh wow, look at her face! You know, she, those shots must be you know pretty damaging." So I can understand it. Don't like it, but I can understand
0: that. So I don't think it's a very defensible score. I really don't. I you yeah. you you probably sound even more understanding of it than I am. I'm I, really not. I'm, I don't. I don't. I didn't watch that round and say. I watched that round and I said, "Oh." competitive round casey o'neill clearly won it yeah that's how i that's how you can have a competitive round that is still extremely clearly won by someone else we talked about you know three relatively low output rounds in the title fight just before this is a round that had just a ton of strikes landed on both sides which i mean when you're thinking about it you, you expect the the title fight with the two strikers not to be the one that's like that and then the (laughs) women's 125 pound fight to be the one that's just strikes all over the place it it goes against type it certainly can happen it did happen i was happy it happened because that was a great fight um this fight that we're talking about but again still against type this is this is a really hard round for me to sit there and be like all right robert alexander i can understand why you landed on uh, Roxanne on Fair here. Maybe you, maybe you missed a couple strikes here and there. Do you know how many strikes you'd have to have missed to end yeah. up here?
1: No, I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse him. I'm just trying to find reasons for him nah. in the back to say why he went that way.
0: Yeah, but in Texas they don't do anything in the back. They don't. There's no. Oh, there there? Oh. No. Oh, I didn't know that. No, there's no, no do there's no tex- conversation there. They don't care. Not in Texas. Oh, just great. All right. Well. Honestly, it's, it's actually, um, less common than, um. You might think it's happening more often because it's in Nevada where they do that all the time with the UFC Apex. Uh, we're at forty-eight coming up, <laughs> um, but no, it it definitely does not happen in Texas. There, there, um, zero F's are given there, is my understanding. So um, it's unfortunate because no one will Robert Alexander will not have to answer to anybody now. Maybe he'll end up being harassed uh, outside of uh, the event here, and I think that would be a shame. I. Don't condone that one way or in, in any way. I don't care how you know incompetent you may think that this man is. Even though apparently, according to uh Aaron Bronsted, Robert Alexander is a literal rocket scientist. <laughs> this not not a joke, but like an actual like works for NASA rocket scientist. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but maybe not the strongest judge of mixed martial arts. I think. You can probably be exceptionally smart at other things and also not a very good judge of mixed martial arts.
1: I got text messages from, from friends who don't watch often yeah. and asking me, how did anyone see that fight for, <laughs> for Moda
0: Ferry? Yeah. Um, again, I, I can't really defend this score. I think 10-9 Casey O'Neill is the absolute score that this should have been. I, I watched this and thought this was a painfully clear round and fight realistically when we get. Yeah, down I think to no, it. I think it's clear. um, but you know, Kerry Hatley and uh, Ivan uh, Guzman, uh, who would believe this is first time working UFC shows, but I know he's been working a lot of um fights in Houston the last several years. I was actually kind of surprised the last few times that I wasn't seeing his name pop up because he was actually, in my research, it looked like he was one of the more experienced. Um, officials in terms of number of rounds scored number of fights scored in the Houston area on like the regional scene so the fact that this was like the first time he was getting a chance I was like probably a pecking order JJ
1: Ferraro lost his spot
0: next up is Ivan Guzman yes JJ Ferraro did not work this event Uh, you would have to think there's some punitive effect or maybe he declined this possibly declined uh, as well Um, but for what whatever reason uh, was not part of this show, even though he's been a part of, I, I want to say just about every, uh, Houston UFC show for the last several years. I think it sounds like he took a lot of pride in doing that. So I wonder what the circumstances were. Uh, I thought I saw on social media, he got married recently, which hey, good for him, but, um, but anyway, this round most definitely was a 10-9 O'Neal round. And so was round two. Everyone finally agreed that that was, that was a 10-9 O'Neal round. Uh, yeah. And it had to be because that, I think, was easily the strongest of the three rounds for Casey O'Neal. She, she just lit it up.
1: She was screaming in there, kicking her in the face. Yeah,
0: you had the happy warrior, and then you had just like the, the, the screaming warrior. She's there to fight, and Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the Scottish Banshee. <laughs> that's, that should be her nickname. The Scottish banshee, maybe. I I, I think I've uh, I think I've nicknamed the last. But yeah, so round three though we do have to talk about this, even though this was a unanimous round. Poor Roxanne Monteferrari. How I <laughs> I got a an unsolicited message uh, from a couple of of officials actually, uh, and they couldn't understand it, and we all agreed thirty twenty seven is the score. Uh. Now the caveat that all officials will give is that. You never know what you see when you're in the chair, you know. You get different feedback. Every everyone who's done the job, which neither you and I have, um they will tell you like listen, it, things are different when you're there. Maybe you see different things. But man, round 3 is a really hard one to see too for um Roxanne Amonfary. I know she had what like a takedown briefly. No, I thought I thought da- she
1: landed she I thought she to oh, take us through the round cuz I you know, th- you know? I thought she clipped uh O'Neal in the beginning of the round. Take take
0: us through the whole round even from what you remember.
1: Uh basically the same as the other two rounds they both come out trying to kill each other i thought Ferry was a lot more aggressive than than typical in this fight in, or this, fight? in this fight yeah well i whole. think it,
0: i i think that's probably the one thing that she was trying to do in this fight was like to really go out and they they talked about it on the broadcast too but it was also kind of thought of during the week like hey you know she's going to like kind of try some new things maybe leave it all out there and that kind of thing so she definitely She so yeah, it was out a great fight it. yeah so. she did a very memorable way to go out for the happy warrior but but this fight yeah i mean this round again there was a little bit of more aggressive. I thought there was a takedown. Am I wrong? There was no takedown in this round? Uh, there was definitely. They, they I were, I thought on the she got a for a take little down. bit.
1: Yeah, not long though. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like things that pushed thing pushed it toward her. Well, the, th- that, uh, the from one from those, from the three judges' perspectives. Again, uh, these judges are, are Carrie Hatley, Ivan Guzman, and uh, Robert Alexander. Well, that's what I'm saying. Early,
1: early in the fight, in the round, probably like first 15 seconds, she clipped O'Neill pretty good. Okay. Hit her with a good shot, but then she just. Like I don't know, six to one ratio. Yeah. Of strong shots to the face, her face is going to be a bruised mess for I don't know how long. (laughs) Like it it was swelling all over, redness probably going to be purple tomorrow. At the and then she eats a crazy elbow at the end, right? Like right before the horn.
0: Yeah. It's I don't know why this is around for Roxanne Ferry. I really just can't understand it. I don't know why it's around unanimously.
1: We never talk about unanimous rounds.
0: We don't like to do that. No, we like to give the benefit of the doubt to the judges. But by because I had enough feedback, too, especially from other uh, officials, I definitely felt the need to put this in and talk about it. And I think you agreed. Is this, uh, we we don't have enough for a couchside override because, you know. It's an still, override. Oh, it's, it's a still, couchside override. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I and mean, I'm not making the noise.
1: Ma-ma-ma-ma-ma. No, that
0: wasn't me. I that was Dan. It. I made it. That doesn't count. That's not official.
1: I think we should get a couchside
0: override. I'm the arbiter. We should get the couch out over. I All right, well, it's 2 o'clock. I don't want to argue with you. All right. But but either way, um, the fact of the matter is that this, while we ended up at least getting the right winner, and, and that, yeah, I guess that's the bar that we're clearing. But, man, this had a lot of potential to go wrong, and it really didn't need to. I thought this was a very clear-cut 3027. It just wasn't even close to that. And and I don't think it's my fault, I and I don't think it's... Typical, like media getting up in arms about stuff. Like that. I think there, this was this was not right. Uh, Robert Alexander, I think goofed this up.
1: I was praying he made, but a he mistake. wasn't the only one. I was praying he made a
0: mistake. Yeah, on his card. Yeah, and again, Kerry Hatley does double duty. I don't know why he should be, but at least this was uh, not a title fight. But it wasn't the only time we were going to be talking about uh, Robert Alexander. In fact, it was the next fight. Robert Alexander was staffed on it, and after this point, everyone was just relieved that he was done for the night. <laughs> He's got the yips at this point. I mean, I don't know if he knew how bad it was. He's just sitting there working. I mean, the booze. Yeah, but, you know. I'm sure Mark Ratner probably said something. I don't know that. I I, I would think he probably would. I don't know why he'd intervene right now. I would. I'd be
1: like, wow, what are you kidding me?
0: What are you doing? The, the officials work for the state. They're just paid by the uFC,
1: okay, so then maybe you said something to the Houston official guy that's in charge of everyone. you Billy. expect
0: the the Texas Commission to be caring about this stuff they don't they don't even talk afterward. What are they doing? I was the fact you still say something be like, bro, are you kidding me? I mean, I would, but i yeah. I don't think they did i just that's my that's my guess is it really didn't come up um, but anyway, we are gonna talk about it because that's what we do on this show uh that that fight in particular when we're talking about uh as well, is a split decision. Uh that was won by Andre Arlovsky over Jared Vandera. 29 28's all around. Round two is our split round. Dan, why are we talking about this round? Because yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Talk about it. What
1: happens? Uh Arlovsky is landing his right hand at will. These are strong shots. Vandera's not landing anything. He get all he's doing is he's sometimes he's getting the clinch against the cage, landing a few knees to the, to the leg. Meanwhile, Arlovsky's landing jab bam huge overhand right
0: like at will every strike that he when he lands and i think the numbers are actually semi-clear like close in this round When it comes, i did peek at this one uh the numbers aren't that far off but like you take away those knees like you're talking about and then you just watch the fight the the punches that are being landed by arlovski are just so much better they're just so much better just it's just uh i
1: mean and then round three it's fine yeah vandera wins round three because we're not talking about fighting don't worry about round round two this is this is a clear twenty nine twenty eight for Arlovsky. I hate it.
0: I thought it was a pretty solid round for him as well. I, I I don't know that this round necessarily is worse than the Casey O'Neill fight in general, but it's still in the same ballpark as far as a round that's very hard to justify um, for Van and Robert Alexander scoring it that way. Uh, judges Jeff Rexroad and Doug Crosby did side with uh, Andre Arlovski. In this one, and so did we, so we're, we're kind of all on the same page here. Uh, Jeff Rexroad, by the way, uh, he refereed last time. He also did a little judging last time, but this was just judging. Um, and I I mean, at least in the the body of work that he had this time, I thought he did a good job. I got a little issue with him. But... With Rexroad? Yeah. Ref Rexroad?
1: Yeah, I think. It wasn't
0: Ref Rexroad this time. He was Judge Rexroad, but I like to say Ref Rexroad because it reminds me of Scooby-Doo. What fight was it?
1: Oh, AJ Dobson and... uh. And, and Jacob Malkoon. I mean,
0: wait, what? Those. We, we don't have that one on
1: here. No, we talking about Yeah, cuz it was unanimous. It was unanimous 2928. Yeah, what's the problem? The rounds 2 and 3 were, were clear cut 10 8s so, oh, oh, smashing.
0: We I S- disagree. Smashing. Disagree. Disagree on this one. That's AJ right. We I forgot about this. We didn't we didn't uh didn't include this in our rundown. I totally disagree with you. I think they were totally justifiable 10-9 rounds. Oh, no,
1: you can justify it any way you want to justify it. There the the spirit the fighting spirit of AJ Dobson was completely broken. He's completely dominated. Mm-hmm. He's completely eaten damage the entire time. It's three D's, man. Ten ten 10, uh, ten eight, ten eight.
0: No, I don't think I I don't think there's three Ds. He G's didn't there. do anything. I don't think there's three D's there, man. I think you're wrong. That's right, fine. Like a lot wrong on that. All right. I mean I, I can see why you'd get to an eight. I'm not like, no, your eight is wrong, but I yeah you know, I do not I d I don't I don't even think there's three D's. I think you could get two maybe. Two maybe? Yeah. What two? What? What's the maybe? I would say damage and duration and dominance.
1: AJ Dobson quit fighting. His spirit is completely gone. He he's he's relegated to talking, trying to, something, hoping for some reason he'll get under his skin so he'll stand up. He quit. Uh, he just accepted it and he quit. I don't see it that way. It happened.
0: That that's what happened. Who were the other judges on that one?
1: I don't even know uh, who was on there. Patrick Patlin was on there.
0: Oh, I well, uh, wasn't a bad. fan of that. And. That's uh, not great.
1: <laughs> I don't know who the other, who the third judge was, but I wasn't happy about that. All right,
0: no, well, I disagree. But we still have some other rounds to get through. Are we? Are we kind of finished with uh, laying into Judge Robert Alexander? Are we kind of convinced that he probably ought not to be on the next set of uh, Houston what, fights? What but he'll criteria be anyway? are these guys using?
1: Because <laughs> are, are these local guys using the, the insanity Texas? Texas has written on their website. There's
0: no way they could possibly be using that. No, but I, I refuse to believe that. So. Uh, because my understanding from talking with other people is that no, they actually do observe what, what is used in the ABC. Well, let's hope so. So I, I hope that's correct. Um... Was it Eric McGracken posted about that, right, on social media about, about what they – Did he? I think that I was – I Yeah, I'm now. pretty sure he was posting about what, what's actually technically on the books there. And they've got some wild stuff. It was something about, like, disqualifications and, and technical knockouts and things like that. It was, it was a very strange thing. I didn't get to read in full because it was in the middle of the event. But uh, we got to get Eric on the show sometime. That would be nice. I yeah. I he would he would be a fantastic uh guest for the show, I think. We gotta get him on. Um, but we do have three more rounds to get through. Not quite as uh up in arms, I think, about these ones as we were some of these other ones. So let's kind of let's see if we can go a little quicker and through them, maybe. Uh Ronnie Lawrence uh got a unanimous decision over Mana Martinez, twenty nine twenty seven twice and a twenty nine twenty eight. So we're talking about a split ten, eight, nine round uh in round three. What do you think, Dan? Round round three or round two? Oh, was it round three? I, I think I wrote round three on here. So, the, yeah, it's, I think you're right. It is round two. Round two, yeah. Because yeah, round, round three was the one that Mano Martinez won, correct? Right. Okay, yeah. So, round two is what we're talking about. I mean, it was a mistake on uh, on our little rundown here, a little typo. So, what happens in round two that we're talking about this as a potential eight? Well, Lawrence drops him twice. Yeah, i will do it. Okay, <laughs> so they're pretty
1: often. Uh but he wasn't just, it wasn't a flash knockdown. He, no. He, he was hurt. Especially the, the second the one, second I think, one, was where he was really hurt. He follows him to the ground, lands a couple strikes, takes the back, sinks in, a—I thought, a pretty deep rear naked choke. Look deep. Martinez fights it off, gets back up. Uh, Martinez is, is able to get on top, and then for some reason, he uh, backs off to go back to striking where he's losing pretty handily at the moment. Uh, Lawrence gets immediate takedown, finishes the round on top with some strikes landed heavy damage, good effect of grappling,
0: 10-8. Yeah, I this is the round where I definitely checked off damage dominance and duration for basically the reason you already outlined, you know, we have got two knockdowns, one of which was I think pretty severe. We've got grappling dominance certainly in 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 getting mm-hmm. to the back and worked for that choke, which is also good damage I think as well, and then the duration of the fact that he had this round, you know, very solidly for a long time. Um pat him on that, on the back foot and in real trouble and, and kind of on the ground recovering uh several times so yeah i thought this was a pretty clear 10-8 round i guess if you really wanted to maybe maybe do da- maybe da- duration is not the d that you're checking i don't know so i guess they can understand how it can be at the discretion to not give an eight here um but it was mike Deltran once Beltran. again who was in the he was the out judge here he only had the nine for lawrence uh whereas jeff rexroad uh again not ref road uh and patrick patlin had this one as the eight, just like me. You had it too, right? You had mm-hmm. the eight. Yeah. What do you think? Is is this defensible or do you think it's, it's because obviously you feel very strongly about the other one and I didn't, this one I actually feel pretty strong about.
1: No, this one, this is a 10 eight.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, I think this is an eight. <laughs> I just, I just do. I think it's an eight, but realistically it didn't end up making a difference even though it potentially could have. Cause obviously that last round didn't go very well for uh, Ronnie Lawrence. It didn't end up being an eight. But imagine if it was and it ended up being like a like a draw or something. Could have been. I guess it wouldn't have mattered anyway because he got two ten eights 10 eights anyway. So fortunately, all was right with the world. And I don't think this was as bad as some of the other ones we've already talked about. <laughs> two more uh, rounds up here. One of them is is another eight nine split here. And that was in the first round of Douglas Silva, the uh, who had to come back after this first round uh, to beat Sergei Morozov. By round two, rear naked choke. So we're talking about a potential eight for Morozov here. Why? hang on. In the first round.
1: Oh yeah, Morozov dropped him with some punches, got on top, landed a couple hard shots, opened him up with an elbow. Uh, but once it got back on the feet, I thought you know the final minute, Andrade was getting the better of it, and and fought himself back to a nine.
0: I think he also got back to the nine. I think he earned the nine. It yeah, was, he got he got back here. Judges say yes, so I I think that's fair. But yeah, there I mean, there was a there was a period in the middle there where Morozov had him in real trouble. Yeah, he was in trouble. I mean, Morozov looked good for a while. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like really good. But yeah, I I side, I had the 9 here too. Um you did, I mean, right? We both had the 9. Both 9. Yeah, so and and so we ended up on the same side as Doug Crosby and Tandan Mergliata in his I believe this was his only judging assignment. Everyone everything else was refereeing of the night. Again, what's the point? But right. I guess if you're going to have him just do something one is not that big a deal, especially on the early part of the card. It's just stupid. I, again, I don't disagree, but I I can at least understand if it's just like one that actually makes a little more sense to me. It's like okay, you want to give him a little like just just get a rep in, you know? I don't want to understand it. <laughs> well, That's fine. It's just <laughs> stupid. If you want to be stubborn, that's okay. There's
1: <laughs> like no, there's no reason for it. I don't think there's a reason for it at this
0: level. Because I think no. I think there's enough fights that happen in New York, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. That, I've been at that Dan can go and get some more judging reps. In. I've been at, and CFFC he's done this. He's been events. doing this a long time.
1: I've been at CFFC events where Dan's a ref,
0: mm-hmm. and he's just a ref. And it's like, come on,
1: can't do this at UFC. Just, just it's just Texas, and
0: they're just bad. It is, bad and it is just Texas. Stupid. It, they do do that stupid stuff. But yeah, Patrick Patland was the one who who gave the eight here. Um, not a good eight. I don't think it's a good eight. I really don't care. <laughs> i'm over this card let's try to get through at least this last round sir yeah (laughs) last round is uh from henato moicano uh getting the win over alexander hernandez by round two submission as well another rear naked choke um so that we're talking about a close first round here uh potentially so who wins this round and dan what what happened here really quickly
1: uh, kind of low output from Moicano. He landed hard shots, but I didn't think he landed that many. He had a good, solid, impactful takedown. Yep. I thought Hernandez did more, though. I thought he was more effective overall. Uh, Seeing who I sided with, I'd rather change my score. Um, <laughs> you,
0: you did side with but, uh, Patrick Patlin. Whatever. <laughs> oh, the passion in your voice. It's it's hard to ignore, but yeah, I, I actually had this one for um, Moicano. I thought that that he had landed like a nice. It was a nice punch. I want to say kind of near he the end a of the round of them. that I think that is the one that stood yeah, out in yeah, one, one at from, the end of the round. That was that one. I think was the best punch of the round. And in addition to the that you know good takedown, just a little bit of grappling there. I, I thought otherwise the rest was a little bit of a washout, maybe just ever so slightly and, uh Hernandez round. But yeah, this. Not a coin toss, but very close. I think that's perfectly fine to go either way. I have no problem with Hernandez score, and I, but I did go Moicano, same as Sal D'Amato and Doug Crosby. Is this is the first time we're mentioning Sal on a round in this whole one. Yeah, I gotta point this out too. What's that? Eric Nixik took a shot at Sal tonight too.
1: Oh, again? Yeah, he's like Sal gave Casey O'Neill two rounds. I'm like, Sal's not even on that fight. Yeah, like unnecessary
0: it that definitely was uncalled for it's not very professional he co- he corrected himself but yeah but it's still not very professional he's better than that he can be better than yeah that. i mean i don't know if he is better than that but he could be better than that. great coach uh i think he's a terrific coach um but yeah maybe maybe more education necessary we don't know everything i certainly don't know how to coach elite fighters but i think i know how mma officiating and well not officiating necessarily but mma judging works a lot better than Derek nixick i feel good about that oh yeah um, uh, but that is it for our rounds. We finally managed through, and I know you're thrilled because you <laughs> clearly were done with this exercise.
1: <laughs> it's just because there was so much unnecessary things. I know. Look, it's but like... that's
0: why we do this show, man. Ugh. It's what the show exists for. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> right. Maybe it's just because it's three in the morning and you're just tired. Is it that late? Yes, it's three in the morning. Wow. It literally is three on the dot right now, our time. So. Awesome. Yeah, I can understand why. Maybe you're just a little tired and you need your nappy. Let's well, bet at this point. Yeah, Danny, sleepy. But anyway, we got six finishes. We'll do our quick little uh, favorite finish of the night. Six finishes, two KOs, not TKOs. We're talking straight KOs, and, and four submissions two actually technical submissions and uh well only one finish in the first round actually so yeah that's why we had a lot of rounds here uh, even nicking and Dime them here and there what was your favorite finish sir kyle phillips triangle don't even remember who he fought
1: <laughs> Marcelo rojo Marcelo rojo he <laughs> mounted triangle rolled over finished it was it a triangle set a... arm bar he said it was a triangle, triangle arm bar, no? he had an arm bar but it was a triangle i okay. think he uh set it up with a kimura forced the uh isolation from the mount with the mounted triangle rolled over from to the bottom, extended the
0: arm a little bit, and finished him. Game over. Boom. Boom. And yours. Uh Moicano. I, I really liked that that sequence they had in round two where he it was it was still a kind of a competitive fight and all of a sudden he lands the the fight changing punches and, and Alexander the fight just or Alexander Hernandez the fight just goes out of him like rather oh, quickly. Yeah. Um, I bet
1: Moicano will love that he got put on the pay per view after the fact.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It definitely worked out. he got a lot more eyeballs on him, and that that little rant he had against taxes and all that stuff, man, speaking to the people that was awesome yeah i I threw it
1: out for him. Moikano wants money, that's what he said.
0: he wants money, and he hates taxes. I can relate, can you, yeah, yeah, taxes stink. But that is it for this one. I think we can close the book on Houston for now. Hopefully they don't go back again this year. We don't need to do two in Houston every year. Please, please, please.
1: I did yeah. want to say. I think. I think this loss. I forgot to bring it up before. I think this loss for Derek Lewis is a good thing.
0: Oh, we're going way far back. Okay, yeah, I forgot. I you think it's a good of... thing for, for for him? For him?
1: Yeah, because if he wins, and then he, you know, he's he's thrust right into that five round
0: fight picture, <laughs> and he don't want to be there. But, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's still a name, so, like, you he could, is, in theory, put it. Why no. is it? He could easily just be like, nah, man, I don't want the five-round no- noise anymore. He could just he say no. He does say that, yeah. But he can, yeah, he says that to us, but, like, he could do different things behind the scenes. He's, he likes to ham it up, you know? Yeah. Very, very, very much. Um, credit to him, though, by the way. He was he was getting his takedowns, these, flexing his All-American wrestling. Yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> All-American wrestling. That's what he says. Yeah. Take him for, for his word. Do not question it. Do not research it. Uh, but again, we're moving on to uh, a quick look ahead to next week at UFC Vegas. Number 48, like I said. Wow. The number keeps climbing. <laughs> we lost the, the headliner. Unfortunately, uh, it sounds like Visa issues uh, messed this one up with uh, Rafael Fazia was supposed to fight Rafael dos Anjos in the Battle of the Rafaels. I think that is completely fabricated. You think the ve- the visa issues are? Wow, you're really on a roll I at this time of the morning. I, I'm
1: telling you, I think <laughs> they don't. I mean, Colby versus Jorge Masvidal, big fight. Yeah, great. Uh, they need something else on there.
0: I'm sure they could so figure they, something out.
1: They did. They put they, they we got to give them another fight. since it's not a title fight on this pay per view that we're selling, and we're you know Greg Hardy's even on the main card again. We're gonna have to give them another five round fight. So. They're already training for a five-round fight. Let's give them an extra month or uh, about three weeks or so, and we'll throw them as the co-main. That's what happened. Um,
0: Disagree. It's what happened. All right. I just think it was scheduling conflicts. Scheduling conflicts are the thing lately. Well, I don't even know. (laughs) We don't have to go down that road. (laughs) But the new main event now that we have is Johnny Walker against Jamal Hill at 205 pounds, and I really like this fight. It depends what Johnny Walker comes. I don't care what Johnny Walker comes, because I think Jamal Hill's going to bring it. I think he always brings it.
1: Boring Kavanaugh, Johnny Walker, pass.
0: Doesn't matter. I before think I think Johnny Jamal Walker Hill is going to make this fight.
1: I think Jamal Hill wins regardless who yes. comes. But the fact is, I don't want to watch Kavanaugh
0: Walker. Nah, cause you won't have to, because Jamal Hill is going to win this fight. Round two, well, yeah, I think round two, two nah, I TKO. It, I hope it's round one. Round two, TKO.
1: Round one. Sorry, I disagree. Doing a lot to that tonight. Yeah, well, you're, I mean, when you're, when you're kind of tired, you get a little ornery. I can't help Johnny Walker decided to completely abandon how he fights and what he made himself out of. (laughs) Why he's even a name because of that.
0: Urban conflict is out tonight. I'm ready to go. There you go. (laughs) Judges will be from Nevada and and the traveling judges will get back to to normal, fortunately. Uh, I
1: I hope people learn
0: from this. No, no one learns. Hopefully they learn. No, they don't, unfortunately. But I hope at the very least it was a reminder that, oh, wow. We do have other judges out there, and usually when we use them, it doesn't work out. So maybe we just stop whining and enjoy it. But no one will learn that anyway. Uh, other fights of interest. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because I know that there are a few that with, with some of your guys. So why don't you go?
1: Yeah, the lightweight goat is back. <laughs> Jim Miller going to face Nicholas Moda at 155.
0: I did not get the chance to research uh, Nicholas Moda or Mata.
1: I haven't started that yet. i I'm, um, I'm. He's quite the favorite. He's a CF. I think he's a CFFC guy. Is he okay? Um, but you know Miller's gonna win by what? First round murder. I mean, he showed he's got dynamite in his hands. His last fight. So ice cold knockout round one. Gene I'm Miller.
0: I'm going to say Mata decision. Wow! Wow! Sorry. Horrible. Sorry. Absolutely horrible. But I do think Jim Miller will win round one because that's kind of the pattern with him. He tends to always win round one, and then if he didn't win it after that, usually he kind of fades. Yeah. I'm... Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I And I know there's at least one more that you really want.
1: Kyle Dorcus, uh fighting. He's been training for quite some time ever since the uh, note contest with uh, Kevin, Holland. Kevin Holland. Late opponent. Are fighting at one ninety five less weight to cut. Franklin weight. I think he, uh, yeah, the rich Franklin weight. That's right. I think Dawkins beats him pretty handily here against Jamie Pickett. Yeah, uh, gonna go a sub round, round one sub.
0: I will say Kyle Dawkins round two sub. All right. Yeah, and I, I'm actually looking forward to this one too. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, Joaquin Buckley is back against Ab- Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Nice hmm. middleweight contest here. I think these boys can both crack and, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, so if they don't get rid of the middleweight division as Sean Sheehan has called for, uh hopefully this will be at least fun.
1: I mean Rasik's only dangerous in round one. So after that, he he's he's never I don't think he's ever won outside of round one. Good. Then it'll probably be a
0: round two finish for so, Buckley. That's what I'm gonna predict.
1: All right. Buckley round KO. round one knockout.
0: All right, that's fine. All right. That is it for us. Hope you enjoyed this special Super Bowl Sunday early couchside judges. I know I did. I can tell Dan did for a while and then got really angry. There's only so much I can take. (laughs) Uh, But thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week, probably on Monday. I'd imagine that will be the case. Probably Monday. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Enjoy. Enjoy the game. Go Rams.